A look of disbelief flashed across his face, and the scowl returned. You look too young. Do you have any experience? She straightened, trying to add another inch to her petite stature, but she was still at least a foot shorter than he. I've been teaching children for nine years. Really? Did you begin teaching when you were ten? She clenched her jaw. Was there no end to the man's rudeness? No, sir. I was eighteen. And if you'll excuse me, I must go or I'll be late for my appointment. She turned and strode away. There's no need to rush off in a huff. He caught up with her. I didn't mean to insult you. I'm not insulted, just intent on being punctual. She cast him a quick side glance. I don't have the time or luxury to stand by the roadside and fiddle with car engines. He grinned, and then chuckled. Heat flashed into her face. Infuriating man! How dare he laugh at her! She hurried on, not giving him the satisfaction of a reply. Well, pardon me. She sent him a withering look, and walked on so quickly she got a stitch in her side. With his long legs he had no trouble keeping pace. You certainly have spirit. I like that. She gulped in a big breath and spun toward him. You, sir, are entirely too familiar and too rude for words. His jaw dropped, and he stared at her wide-eyed. With her face burning, she marched away. She'd only gone a few steps before regret overtook her. Forgive me, Lord, I should not have spoken to him like that, but he was so ill-mannered I couldn't help myself. She sighed and lifted her eyes to heaven. I'm sorry. I know that's not true. You're faithful to give me the strength to control my tongue if I will only ask. But please, Lord, could you make him forget what I said? Or at least let me have little contact with him at Highland? She doubted that the last part of her prayer would be answered. While Highland Hall was a large house, the staff probably saw each other throughout the day. What a terrible way to start off. No doubt he'd tell everyone she was hot-tempered and not worthy of the position of governess. And that was assuming she got the job. And she must. Her father's illness had stretched on for months, forcing them to leave India and return to England. Now that he was unable to practice medicine, her parents depended on her for support. She must not let them down, no matter how humbling or difficult the job might be. The lane curved to the right, and Highland Hall came into view. Julia's steps slowed as she took in the lovely grounds and large house. It looked more like a castle, standing four stories high at its tallest point, with a wide lawn and curved gravel drive leading to the front door. It was built of sand-coloured stone, and though some sections had turned yellow and grey with age, it still looked sturdy and imposing. A tall round turret stood at the right corner, and an arched portico stretched halfway across the front of the house. Oh, Lord, that house is worth a fortune— and the people who live there are definitely used to living a different life than I've lived. 
How will I ever fit in? She shook her head, then straightened her shoulders. There was no time to fret, not if she wanted to make a good impression and arrive at the appointed hour. She made her way around the side of the house, following the directions Reverend Langford had given her. A broad-shouldered man wearing a brown cap and tweed coat pushed a wheelbarrow toward the greenhouse. He stopped and nodded to her. Can I help you, miss? He looked about thirty-five and had a kind, honest face. She returned his nod with a slight smile. I have an appointment with Mrs. Emmett. He pointed to a door tucked in a corner at the back of the house. Just ring the bell there, miss, and someone will be along to help you. She thanked him and crossed the rear courtyard. Pulling in a deep breath, she smoothed her hand down her cloak and skirt and checked her hat.